1: Greetings, and welcome to Dang That's Weird. I am your host, Spencer Worth Davis, and this week we're hanging out with Michael Jones. Michael, what's going on?
0: Not much, man. Uh, it's weird to tell this story. Uh, <laughs> I don't talk about it a whole lot. so
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear it, and I yeah. appreciate you sharing it with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so basically, the way this works is I have one question for you, and okay. that is, <laughs> what is the weirdest thing or... One of the weirdest things that you've ever experienced.
0: All right. Well, uh, it was the summer of 1994 or no, 98. I can't think straight. 98. Uh, It was literally the day after my 14th birthday. My parents decided, hey, we're going to send you to a boarding school. And that's basically what they told me. It's a boarding school. Okay. Um, I was not aware that it was run by a fundamentalist Christian sect that was non-denominational Uh, the pastor or the guy that ran the school, uh, was one of those dudes that, uh, didn't belong in any church because he thought they were all wrong. Everybody's wrong, except me. Um,
1: never a good start.
0: So the way that they presented it to me was like, Hey, there's this school. You can go there with as intelligence as you are. You can graduate high school sooner. Everything will be great. We'll have a job lined up for you. Um, what they didn't tell me is it was unaccredited. So I could have wasted years and years there going to school and then come out and been like, oh, my degree doesn't equal anything. It wasn't even worth a GED. Um, I didn't find that out till later, uh, but I'm glad
1: I didn't stick around. Do you know like, how your parents found this place or why, why they made this choice? I believe they
0: heard about it. There was a Christian radio program called Focus on the Family. And it was like, I'm familiar. Right. So I'm pretty sure it was advertised on there is like, Hey, send your kids here. It's this great Christian environment where they can thrive, you know, especially kids that are, you know, defiant or have behavioral issues. um, Which I did. I was bipolar and on the autism spectrum, except the autism spectrum didn't exist then. I mean, it did, but it wasn't diagnosed like it is now. Like if it, if I had been that age now, like I'd for sure, you know, um, And the real reason I wanted to go is uh, I had been going through a lot of abuse and I was like, oh, here's this way. Get away from my abuser. Don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, let's go. I'm all for it.
1: How far away was this from where you were living at the time?
0: All right. uh, I'm from northern Indiana. This was in the Finger Lakes region of New York State. So uh, the closest big city would be. Watkins yeah Watkins Glen is the closest big city um and that was still like 40 okay. minutes away um sure so yeah I, my That's a
1: big move at 14
0: yeah um <laughs> and you know they played it up as like oh we're gonna have this fun trip like they took me to the rock and roll hall of fame in Ohio um my birthday is when the movie Armageddon came out And I was convinced that I was going to be an astronaut. So my parents are like, hey, let's go see Armageddon. I'm like, okay. And then the next day. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. The next day I'm in this school. So it's kind of hard to look at it objectively still, just because it was so weird and out of like my comfort zone completely. Um, Mm -hmm. I got there and I was like, oh, everything looks good. It's a huge campus. Um, they had like a working farm. They had like Clydesdales. They had chickens. Like we grew a bunch of our own food. Um, they had like football teams. You know, there was all these oh, activities. And I cool. was just like, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I'm on board for this. Yeah. Um, and then before they even like fully accept me, uh, they're like, you have to choose to be here. Do you choose to be here? And as 14 year old, like trying to get away from, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I choose to be here. Sure. Not a problem yeah um i showed (laughs) up right (laughs) yeah like i'm here like i don't really have a choice i don't think you know i'm 14 um right they start going through my clothing and i was like okay you know maybe they're looking if i brought tried to bring in drugs or whatever no no that's not what it was so i don't know if you remember like 98 in skateboard culture like aliens were a really big thing like there were a bunch like alien workshop was a skateboarding company they were, yep. I had a bunch of clothing like that. Cause that's the kind of person I was. And they started being demon, demon, 14 demon, year olds demon. in the late
1: nineties war. Yeah.
0: R- right. Yeah. And <sighs> they just got rid of all those clothes. These are like, this is demonic. And I was just like, what? Like, this is demonic and represents drug culture. And I was just, no, I mean, no, but okay. Like if that's what I have to do, I think I ended up having like three t-shirts and like two pairs of pants that they approved of. Uh, <laughs> and that was basically what are you it. supposed to wear
1: then like did they have a did they have other clothes for you or like a uniform or you just had to rotate those same <laughs> three shirts all year so i could rotate those shirts
0: until i had been in the school for 90 days which is when my parents could come see me again is after 90 days they weren't allowed to see you for the first 90 days right i only got to talk to them if i was lucky once a week
1: that's concerning okay
0: yeah um but yeah, they're like after 90 days, if you know you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're moving up in your levels, then your parents can come for a visit and you'll get a day pass and you can go out and go shopping and you know, just make sure you get approved clothing. It's like, okay, like seem I was I was already like, Okay, this is a little weird.
1: Yeah. Hard to have that perspective at that age though, too, you know, right. like
0: Yeah, it's like I was like, this seems weird, but at the same time, like I get it. Like it's a boarding school. Like it's clearly like a separate thing than what I'm used to. Yeah. I'll try and deal with it, you know? Um,
1: right. And that was before,
0: like I even met anybody else. Like that was before I met any of the other students before I was like involved in what was going on. And then it just got even stranger at that point. So we lived in dorms like college style dorms. Um, as far as I know, the property had been like a prep school, until like the 80s when they opened up this like boarding school thing there.
1: How many, how many students are we talking about here?
0: A <sighs> couple hundred. Um, it's pretty small. Okay. But um, they were from all over. Um, some kids had been sent there by the courts because, you know, some judges are like, I can send you to juvie mm. or I know this, you know, great school that I can send you to. So, you know, you don't have a criminal record. Sure. Sure. And of course, some kids and their families are like, yes, yeah, send us this school. Yeah. Almost immediately they start trying to find things that you're interested in, that you're good at so that they can put you in that program. Cause then it kind of like hooks you like, Oh, well, like all of a sudden, I'm a vocalist. It's like, Oh, I'm in a barbershop quartet. I've been here a day and they've already put me in this group. And this group is who I'm going to be hanging out with. And, you know, and they're like, you know, if you join activities, then you get to leave campus more often because, you know, we'll go do a performance somewhere, which is complete nonsense. That never happened. Um,
1: but yeah almost immediately they start doing that but on its face seems reasonable you want to get kids involved in activities and you want to meet the other students and like right makes sense yeah i mean on
0: on the surface like everything like uh, like i said it's hard to be like remember it objectively because of you know what i now associate with it but yeah like on the surface like Okay, yeah, I can see having some sort of like dress code. I can see lights get kids involved as soon as possible, because then it helps them acclimate to the environment. It's easier for them to form like social networks, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. And then I had to go to Chapel. So Chapel happened. Trying to remember at least three times a day, more often on the weekends, like on Sundays. I think we had to go like every two hours. We were basically in Chapel. That is a lot yes and like i was i was religious at the time and like i'd gone to church and it like it wasn't a big deal to me but this was like there was no music there was nothing like it was just Mm -hmm. you listen to pastor lecture you for two hours boys are on one side of the chapel girls are on the other there's no contact between them at all like if you get caught looking at them like terrible don't even do that
1: um and it was a co-ed school though like you
0: had classes together? Yes, but you would be on like opposite ends of the room and like all the desks would face the wall. So like you were basically just like sitting oh, at a desk doing a Becca, which is like a homeschool curriculum where it's like these little like booklets. And for every X amount of booklets you do, it counts as like a high school credit or whatever. Okay. So again, like they're like, oh yeah, if you're intelligent and you can work through these, you're going to do great because you'll be done with high school, like. They said that I probably could have been done with high school by the time I should have been like a sophomore if I would have done what I was supposed to do. Um, So, yeah, you it was co-ed, but you had no contact until you progressed through levels. Okay, The level system was. To me, completely arbitrary, Um, it didn't really make sense. It seemed like there were definitely people who bought in more to what was going on in the school and they seemed to progress faster Than people that, you know, kind of like me, who were kind of like, I don't get this. This is a little weird. Um, When you say levels, it's like. Like social level. Yeah. Oh, so not academic. No, not academic at all. It's like they didn't really put a whole lot of emphasis on school. I think they threw the school thing out there because it's like legally required. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think they put the school part out there because they're legally required to have you in school. And if your parents think you're coming to this school that's what you're going for. You're going to school. You're going to like a, yeah, like basically a semi reform school that's going to, you know, help you succeed in life. Um, so I get okay. why parents do it, but no, mm-hmm. when I say levels, I mean um, like you had to earn levels to get like privileges. So when you start, you're basically on no level, which is like baseline. Like, we're just going to get a feel for you. See how you are following our rules um after you know x amount of time you can go up in level or if you misbehave you can go back down in level so when you're no level and it's your first week at this school you have to sit right up front during chapel and the pastor will call you up front and you have to stand in front of everybody and tell them why you're there and basically you know like confess your sins to everybody um which is just, again weird um
1: <laughs> yeah Not something that's usually done publicly.
0: Right, right. But yeah, the pastor, like, I don't remember any real preaching other than if you leave here, you're going to get AIDS, you're going to die, you're going to do a bunch of drugs, you're going to get murdered. Yeah, that's, and that's full on how it was. And like, you can find other stuff about this online, like since then. But yeah, it was all like everybody I've talked to that survived there was basically just like, I was afraid to leave because I thought if I leave, I'm going to die almost immediately. Like they're going to take me to the bus station and somebody's going to kidnap me and I'm going to get hooked on drugs and die. Like yikes. That was basically what they filled your head with from the beginning.
1: Okay. And you're doing this three times a day, every day.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, after every meal you have chapel.
1: So you're not doing anything else. Basically you're going to class, you're eating, you're going to chapel and you're sleeping essentially.
0: Uh, Yeah. So because I came in uh, the summer, school hadn't really started yet. Mm. So they were like, "Okay, "Okay, here's what's going to happen during the school year. Um, I did. I was there for a little while with classes, but it wasn't a whole lot. Um, But everybody there had a job. So there were some people that had uh, like my job was called bread truck, which is all the grocery stores in the area get rid of their expired food and they donate it to the school and that's what we eat so bread truck is unloading all the bags of food off of a bus basically and -hmm. then throwing away what's ever too moldy and can't be salvaged but i mean like stuff was spoiled for sure um occasionally in bread truck you would also do kitchen duty Uh, i had to clean out a meat grinder and there were just like maggots at the bottom of it and like that was pretty standard um food was not good but i mean there's nowhere else you can go. There's nothing yeah, you can you do. No like if you want to eat, you're, you're eating it. Um, so yeah, there's jobs like that. It sounds a lot like prison so far. <laughs> so I would hundred percent agree with that. Yes. Um, there was another job that I don't even remember like why this was a thing. So you would get in a van and it would be like certain people They're like, okay, we'll load you up in this van we're going to this warehouse that we have where we have um, like expired IV saline bags. And the job would be to cut those open and drain them out and then dispose of the saline, like the bag. Yeah. I don't know what the point of that was, Why? but people liked that yeah. one because it, I, people liked that one because maybe if you were really good, you'd get like a two year old can of like expired, like Coke or Pepsi or something. So like, and that was the only outside food you're ever going to get is from something like this. And like, yeah, it's expired, but like, I haven't had a Coke in weeks. Like, yes, let me, let me drink this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's still sugar. It's something different.
0: Right. Right.
1: Were kids paying or families paying tuition to go here?
0: Yes. I don't remember what it was, but I know that um, my parents had to pay them, but on top of that, Also, basically, had to relinquish rights to me, so I was technically like a ward of this school. So my parents were able to be involved, but the school is who made decisions for basically everything. Yeah, Um,
1: I'm not. I'm not really familiar with boarding schools in general. Is that? I mean, it sounds ominous, but is that common? Like, is is there a, a logistical reason that that's necessary? Like for health records or something like that yeah i don't think so
0: um i've had friends that have gone to like legit boarding schools and that was never an issue with them as far as i know i'm sure they colored it in some way like oh well it's because if something happens and we can't get a hold of you we need to be able to you know have the power to say whatever um but oh i didn't even mention because i was a troubled teen everybody there was a troubled teen most of us should have been on uh, medication uh, i was most of my yeah. life they do not believe in medication medication is only making things worse all you need to do is be a good christian and pray enough and it all goes away all your problems are just gone and obviously mm. that is i bet they were the case
1: <laughs> no yeah, they, they absolutely work. were not and parents were okay with that speaking just
0: for like my own parents um my mom had done everything she could up until this point to try and like help me and i think she yeah. just didn't know what else to do and i think that's the kind of parents that they like preyed on was basically yeah i am at my wits end i don't know what i can do at this point um We've
1: tried everything we know here to try and it's not yeah. working right yeah huh but like were they did they know that that was happening Like with the medication specifically, were they aware of that? Um,
0: I don't believe so, honestly. And I couldn't really talk to them about it because I was lucky if I got to talk to them once a week. And unfortunately, because uh, my parents were divorced, I could only talk to one or the other each week. And sometimes I didn't get to talk to either one of them.
1: Like you only had one phone call?
0: Yeah, you only get one phone call and it's like 20 minutes, if that. Yeah. So... (laughs) Again, like it just cutting you off from everything again, like on the surface, if you're like, okay, this is a reform school like that makes sense. We're taking you away from these environments that you've clearly had issues thriving in. We're going to do what we can to isolate you and, you know, fix you. But you're not going to fix anybody when there's no therapy. There's no or when you're taking people's medication away. Yeah, exactly. You're you can't fix any of that. I don't think. I think I maybe saw a nurse once when I was there and it was when I like got checked in. Like they basically had to do, give me like a physical and all that, that's the only time yeah. I saw anybody medically related.
1: What you're describing sounds less like a boarding school and more like a cross between prison and a cult. like Or like a cult that somehow came to occupy a prison. Yes, that is
0: 100% in my opinion what, it, well not just my opinion, a lot of people's opinions what was going on there because um, like I was talking about how they're non-accredited. So you're going to go through the system. You're going to graduate from there. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to offer you a job. And now you get Mm. to stay here and help everybody that was just like you become better, quote unquote better again. So this place doesn't exist anymore. I will say that now. Um, Thank God that it is, yeah yeah um there's been a lot that's come out um they faced a lot of lawsuits over not paying people enough money uh more and more people came forward like i was abused in x way here um yeah so luckily it's gone uh the guy that ran it is still around uh but i think he's kind of finally too old to try and force this on anybody anymore
1: Yeah. Like, was it purely for religious reasons or were they doing something out? Like, was this funding something else or what was their goal with this whole operation?
0: Yeah, I think it was. Honestly, I think he got off on having power over this many people who like basically had to hang on his every word to like exist. Um, He had a radio show. That like at one point was, you know, broadcast in like multiple countries around the world. And like we I remember there was uh, an adult version of the program that was specifically for like adult men and women. And we had people there from like Africa, from South America. There was a couple Korean guys there that had somehow heard this program and they're like, my life is falling apart. I'm going to move to New York State And join this church that's going to help my life, you know, thrive and mean something. Um,
1: Wow. So were they doing? Yeah. Were they doing outreach or like how were people hearing about this?
0: Again, I think he somehow was able to advertise on focus on the family or, you know, probably other various Christian radio stations around the country.
1: Yeah, that had a really big reach for a while.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure they had some slick production on those ads, like, hey, come here, your kid's life's going to change, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know anybody whose life changed for the better. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are outliers, but everything I've seen, uh, nobody came out of it
1: ahead, I'd say. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it would have been very conducive to that. Uh, I haven't even gotten to some of the... Let's
0: say you needed to be punished. Uh, You could either be dropped back down to no level or we had something called six to ten. Six to ten is we have a basketball court. On one end of the basketball court is a pile of logs. That pile of logs needs to be moved to this side of the basketball court. And you're just going to do that over and over again for four hours every night.
1: That's logs don't need to be on a basketball court
0: at all. Well, I mean, we weren't playing basketball on it, so I guess they needed to do well, something it was, with it. Well, clearly not. It <laughs> yeah. was covered in logs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So that was punishment. Like, okay, you're going to walk from here to here, and like, oh, you think you're done? Now, nope, see, now they need to go back down to the other end. So that was 6 to 10. But then if you were on, like, disciplinary no-level, you would literally do that all day. If you weren't in chapel or eating, you were
1: carrying logs. I mean, that's just purely abusive like there's no there right. there's no other way to spin that and it's like they didn't even try to like say that
0: it's accomplishing right. anything or like you know building character it was just like no this is what you're doing and i did that a lot my goodness <laughs> and like back to even more of like how it was like culty so once you got to a certain level it was called pastor's choice which is where you were one of pastor's favorites and he would assign you somebody of the opposite sex that you were allowed to hang out with. And basically it's like, we're going to set up and arrange these marriages. And since you've both been yeah. here and gotten to this level, chances are you're gonna stick around and you're gonna help us with the next generation. And yeah, I Oof. definitely saw that happen multiple times. Um and we're talking about kids, right? Like right, these are right. Right. That's I mean, so it me. went from like, I think like 14 probably to, you know, like 18. Like it was like yeah. middle school through high school. So I mean, like, so even for children. like an 18 year old, <laughs> yeah, all children, you know, even for like, you know, a 17 year old, that's just not okay, like in any way. No, shape of course or form. not. No, that's crazy. <laughs> and, and I mean, lo- there were people that saw this and were like, this isn't okay, but they were shut up pretty quick or kicked out. Pretty quickly because, yeah, uh, they wanted to make sure everybody was on board. Because if you're, you know, dissenting from the opinion that you should be following everything Pastor says, why are we going to keep you around? We can't have that. We can't have you thinking for yourself and believing that right. you know you're capable of independent thought.
1: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser.
0: Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's
1: new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You implied that you weren't there very long because you, right. you got there in the summer before, before school started. How and when did you leave or, or get out? Um, all right. So it started with, I
0: said earlier, I'd been put in the barbershop quartet and we had a Mm -hmm. talent show, um, one weekend and like we competed in the talent show and then there were other people doing whatever. Um, and then there was this group of guys from New York city and they started doing hip hop dancing and like immediately pastors like angry as hell he's like screaming like this is not okay this is demonic and i was just like sitting there like it's not like they were even doing it to music it was just like stomping and clapping you know and it was um these three they were korean guys they the were super work, cool obviously. like some of my Yeah, exactly. They were some of my favorite people I met while I was there. And he was just like, you're evil. You're like bringing in these bad influences to everybody else here. And these kids are just like, this is our, this is what we grew up with, man. Like we grew up in New York city. Like it's the nineties. This is what our life is, but not right. But that's not okay. And you know, like he didn't make it about race, but it was partly about, you know, obviously if it's not Southern gospel, then I'm not
1: having it, you know? Um, and again, like if it's that other type of black culture, absolutely not. We, we've co-opted this one part of black culture and made it made it safe. <laughs> but the, that other right. one, but this other part, no, just no,
0: no, 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 no. Yeah. And like, luckily, you know, I was white and had the privilege to not deal with the racist aspects of it. But that's when I kind of started being like, you know what? Like this place has been weird from the get go, like from the jump. This has kind of just been like different. It's not what yeah. I was expecting. It's not what my parents were expecting. Yeah. And um, I remember the week that it all like happened that I ended up leaving was we found out that the state like inspector was coming to like, make sure that everything was like clean and up to code and all that. And instead of hiring, you know, competent, you know, workers or contractors to come in and do the work, they just had us do it all. So if something needed to be fixed, they're just like, okay, okay you go figure out how to do it and of course free labor like why are we why would we pay somebody when we have yeah. you know these hundreds of students that can just do everything we ask them to do right and um the the name of the place was freedom academy or freedom village and there, i made this offhanded comment one day like you know like i don't feel very free right now like i kind of feel like this is like slave labor And like immediately they sent me to a room where I was locked down. They're like, you're not talking to anybody. I sat in that room. I had my meals brought to me for a couple days and then fine because I think pastor was actually out of town, probably talking at some other fundamentalist church somewhere spreading, like send your kids to me. I'll save them. Um, But when he came back, they again brought me into chapel, pulled me up front and they're like, did you say this? And I was like, yes, I, absolutely said that there's nothing that is freeing about this place and they're like i get the feeling you don't want to be here and i'm like fuck no i do not want to be here <laughs> what made you think and they're that? just like okay bye yeah <laughs> they're, they're, they were seriously just like okay bye we're gonna take you to central station in nyc and you can get a bus home that day and again i'm a 14 year old kid from yeah that day like, I'm a 14-year-old kid from northern Indiana. Like, yeah, like, I've been to Chicago, but I haven't been to New York City. Like, I don't know yeah. how to get on a bus, you know. You probably and, didn't have so money just, or know, anything. Like, no, I didn't. They they said they would give me bus fare home. Bus
1: fare to Indiana? <laughs> that's... Yep. So what did you do? For some reason, they decided that they should call
0: my parents. First good decision that's been made here. Yeah my my mom being the superhero that she is like finds finds out they're trying to take me to ny city and put me on a bus and she's like no you're not like what yeah. the hell are you talking about you're not doing that to my son like there are so many things that can go bad with that and they're like well then you have uh like 48 hours to come get him or we're taking him anyways so Damn. my parents drove straight from indiana <laughs> to upstate new york and picked me up and um yeah, I came back to the real world and then ended up getting kicked out of the house anyways and sent to live with my dad for a year. So
1: <laughs> it was just a, an interesting year all around. Yeah, Anything's got to be better than that. Right. I mean, and it was, I mean. How long start to finish were you there? Are We talking like a couple months, couple, couple weeks. I was there. I was only there six weeks. Okay. I've talked
0: to people online because there's like groups online that I found in the past few years, even that there were people that were there like their entire high school. And it was just the same thing year after year after year. Some of them uh, faced like physical and sexual abuse there. Um, Damn. There were, even when I was there, there were rumors of kids like dying because like they didn't get them like, you know, medical help on time. But I mean, that's, When you're in that environment, kids are going to talk and tell stories, especially when you're living through something like that.
1: It's also believable, though, Um, if you have terrible nutrition and no access to health care, you know, like enough kids that for long enough, something's bound to happen.
0: Like, I know that I wasn't there that long. I know that I was lucky enough to not have to deal with that forever. And I'm just thinking about, like, how it's affected me. I can't even imagine, like, what it did to other people, you know, or the people that stuck around and, you know, bought into it. And then when it all fell apart, they're like, oh, wait, I'm like 30 now and I don't even have a diploma. Like I right. never graduated high school. What am I supposed to do? Like once the place
1: got shut down, you know, there's nothing for no you. No work experience, no support system. Like, right, yeah, well, and it's such a, such a formative time of your life too. Like 14, you know, to 18, right so much changes during that time. And like so much of who you end up being as a person is formed during that time. Like that's, that's especially brutal to have it be that age. And like, there's so much about it
0: that like, now I'm like, Oh, I didn't talk about this thing. I didn't talk about that thing. And it's just like, I saw a guy that had gone through the program, had bought into it early on, ended up being a worker there. Uh, I saw him get fired because he let us watch the world cup and the world cup is worldly and you can't do that. Like we were allowed to watch like they had a binder full of movies that were acceptable for us to watch. And one day he turned on the TV to the world cup and was fired the next day. So
1: <laughs> just because it was like the outside world or like,
0: yeah, it was the outside world. And there were like commercials and, you know, like, I remember wow. getting there because, you know, like I said, the day before I'd seen the movie Armageddon, no, when I got there, nobody even knew what I was talking about. Yeah, You know, like that wasn't even on anybody's radar. And I learned to stop talking about it pretty quick Damn. because no one knew what I was talking about. And counselors were just like, you can't talk about stuff like that here, you know?
1: So, so you left in 98, you said, Mm-hmm. or you went there and left in 98. Correct. Yes. When did it finally shut down? Um, within the last 10 years, I'm pretty sure. And it had obviously been running for years before you went, right? Yep. So we're talking a couple decades at least.
0: Yes. Uh, Okay. So it shut down in 2019. Oh, wow. After nearly 40 years of operation. Whoa. Basically, Office of Children and Family Services uh, finally went in, shut it down. And you know, took remaining students back to their homes or put them in foster care. Um, and then after it shut down in New York, he tried to move to, I believe, West Virginia and open up a new one. And people at that point knew who he was and what he was about, and just were like, "Nope, yeah. not happening in our town," you know. Wow. So, but that's yeah, been there least. for almost forty years, and yeah, didn't shut down until twenty nineteen. So
1: <laughs> that's wild. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that your stay was short, at least. But I yeah, I'm imagine that's I still well. going to stick with you forever, I would think.
0: Right. And like you said, you know, that's like such a formative time, you know, in somebody's life like 14. Yeah. Like I'm starting to really get into girls and now I can't even like look at them without, right. you know, like, they made it all seem like you were just, you know, any feelings you had was just evil, you know, and not of God. So don't do that unless it's the one that we tell you that you can talk to down the line
1: then that's okay. But right. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The time where you're first starting to realize your own autonomy and have your own right. thoughts about things to yep. be told that they're all bad and evil and wrong and you shouldn't be feeling them.
0: Yeah. yeah and I mean, a, I'm sure
1: that's, that's a miserable thing to do to somebody. That's
0: probably why they started, you know, at, you know, 14 years of age. Cause they're like, we can get them when they're just before right. they've fully developed into who they're going to be. And if we get them, then we can just work on them right. constantly. And because you're in that environment twenty four seven, they can just do what they want. And they did. So
1: Man. Well, yeah. I'm glad that it someone eventually caught on or they owed the wrong amount of money to the wrong person that or whatever got right. them shut down. Yeah. But Yeah. Damn. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, man. I, I can't yeah, imagine that's a an easy story to no, it's, to it's not. too much like, uh, brain time on these days, but
0: yeah. And like, I don't, I, it's one of those things I try not to think about, but then like, I'll see like just yeah. random things. Like I'll see a soccer ball and it'll remind me of the world cup, which will remind me of, you know, that, you know, yeah, it's just man. so many little things that like have no real connection to it, but my brain still makes connections.
1: Right. So Like we all do from, you know, big
0: life events at that age. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I tell myself like, you know, what if you would have just stuck it out? Like, what if you would have, you know, done everything? Cause like part of my brain's like, you should have just stayed. Like you could have had, you know, everything figured out for you. Wouldn't have had to struggle, you know, trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and who you want to be. And I'm like, but I wouldn't have been anybody. I would have just been a drone who thought he was doing something with his life. And then it would have all just Gone away in the blink of an eye. So,
1: well, as a total stranger, I feel very confident that you made the right choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, anything you want to let people know about before we get out of here?
0: I'm an independent filmmaker, I'm an actor. I've got a film coming out later this year. Um, working on another short film. Well, right tell now. us about that, please. Okay. So um my writing partner is from Mankato, Minnesota. Oh nice. So uh he moved to Indiana when he was about fourteen. And uh our style is we like mockumentaries. Sweet. So um the the movie is a mockumentary about a small town in Ohio basically centered around this very bizarre individual named garbo hungus and just like the things that happen in this town over the course of uh, probably like a couple of weeks um the short film that we're working on right now is another mockumentary about a fictional town in wisconsin that uh decided to create the first government sanctioned and paid for bigfoot hunting like organization so it's basically these two Redneck brothers from the Northwoods who just like sit around drinking beer and hunting Bigfoot. Like, and that's that's their life. I love that premise. Uh, (laughs) we that one's also, I think we just have to get some like drone shots and uh fake a video of somebody in a Bigfoot costume, (laughs) and then that one should also be done pretty soon. Like, we have a YouTube channel, we have stuff. Yeah, what's the channel? Uh, okay, it's called Modern Travant we're staunchly independent we don't have any money uh but we you know we do what we like so
1: (laughs) cool well thank you mike uh it's been a pleasure talking with you and uh yeah yeah thank you hang in there man all right that brings us to the end of today's episode thank you so much for listening Dang, That's Weird is a production of Duvid Media. Make sure to check out all of our amazing shows at duvid.media. If you have a story you'd like to share, you can send an email to spencer at dangthatsweird.com or leave a voicemail at 612-208-2744. Until next time, keep it weird.